You're listening to WTJU Soundboard for this Monday, April 10th, 2023. I'm Arian Ballou, and this week, state healthcare funding troubles, backlogged immigration courts, and some upcoming festivals at Ix Art Park. Let's jump into the stories. Virginia state budget negotiations are still at an impasse, with lawmakers stuck on whether to lower taxes. Meanwhile, both sides agree that mental health care is underfunded and needs attention. WTJU's Nathan Moore spoke with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. Because of the budget being stymied, you know, General Assembly will meet in a couple weeks to try to resolve this. Governor Glenn Youngkin has made kind of an issue that we need to improve, you know, mental health services. But nothing's happened. In fact, it's getting worse. Um, we had one situation recently where a man of Henrico County had a mental health crisis and ended up first in, the, in a hospital, a county jail, and then Central State, where he was having an episode. You know, a whole bunch of people, um, you know, I think it was seven sheriff's deputies and uh, several hospital workers jumped on him to suppress him for 11 minutes. That's one thing. Another situation in Fairfax area was uh, a woman who was having some kind of crisis, held a gun to her head for 36 hours in the middle of a busy highway. Virginia's going through a a big wave of new mental health emergencies. But the thing is, you can't get anything passed. I mean, Youngkin proposed a $230 million increase in the mental health funding. Both Democrats and Republicans wanted more than that. And nothing's happened because, you know, of other impasses. In other words, uh, because it's about the budget as a whole, which has all kinds of competing priorities, they're stuck, even though they all agree on this one part of it. Exactly. Which is really, you know, you're seeing people die because, you know, I'm not saying directly, but this is affecting people. For Arts This Week, we chatted with Maria Vitale, Marketing Director for the Ix Art Park Foundation. Ix is an immersive art space downtown that hosts a bunch of different events throughout the year. I asked her about the upcoming Charlottesville Arts Fest, which will be in its third year this May. Along with the actual vendors, we usually have fine and visual arts, immersive art, and interactive artist demonstrations and workshops. So you can come inside and have fun. You can go inside and have fun. It's usually a really wonderful time. We also have performing artists, we have eclectic musical artists, and delicious local culinary artists throughout the weekend. After the Arts Festival, August will see the Soul of Seaville Festival. The Soul of Seville event is an annual event that showcases and celebrates Black excellence in the Charlottesville and Albemarle County. The highlight of last year's event was to have a full day celebrating regional Black artisans and vendors, bands featuring soul, R&B, go-go, and rap, and a fashion show, along with a collaborative community mural canvas that was in collaboration with The Bridge. But wait, there's more. October, we'll see the Fantasy Festival, just in time for Halloween. Ix Art Park transforms into an intergalactic portal that welcomes fantastical cosplay, sci-fi authors, martial art masters, live music, and more. But it's very sci-fi leading, and basically we try to take Halloween and make it sci-fi. Ix Art Park is in downtown Charlottesville, and speaking from experience, it's a great spot to explore, grab a bite, and enjoy the warming weather. A new study from Syracuse University found that Virginia has the most backlogged immigration court system in the whole country. 
On average, it takes immigrants and asylum seekers three years to get a hearing. WTJU's Nathan Moore spoke with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. Virginia is a huge draw for immigrants who want to come legally to the United States. You have to get a hearing to prepare for citizenship, get a green card and all that. Yet, I think it's like a three-year backlog. And oftentimes, it's so screwed up that lawyers for immigrants um, get the announcement, hey, tomorrow morning is your day in court. I mean, which is nuts. You know, everyone complains about immigration policies. And yet, when you try to do it legally, you're stymied. Why, in particular, is, is Virginia so backlogged? What makes our court so backlogged compared to the other 49 states? Well, I would say number one is funding issues, and the second thing is just, frankly, management. And, um, you know, it's very frustrating when you try to come and, you know, you have to wait for years to, to get a hearing. And if you miss that date, wait another three years. <laughs> uh, you know, that's really part of the reason. And as I said, it's, it's a matter of issue and priority. And um, if you really want to improve the immigration situation, then you should support those facilities that make it legal and easy to do. It's not being done. Why not? Good question. I mean, everybody talks about it, but you actually, as I mentioned, you need to have somebody come in, add the funding, and make sure that there's some kind of competent management. Because of last year's redistricting, this primary season, the constituents of the newly created Senate District 11 will be voting between two Democratic candidates, State Senator Cree Deeds and State Delegate Sally Hudson. Jesse Higgins from Charlottesville Tomorrow tells us more. We have areas that are intended to be much less gerrymandered, which means that all of the like, Charlottesville, Albemarle area is kind of in the same spot. We're all in the same district for the state Senate race. That means that there are two people who used to be, and probably in some ways still are, political allies that are going to be running against each other. It would have been different districts before this process. So Senator Cree Deeds, who is currently the center of the 25th district, which is no longer going to exist, is going to be running against Delegate Sally Hudson, who's taking a vie for a Senate seat. So... This primary season, Charlottesville, Albemarle is going to select between those two candidates. And if you're at all interested in learning more about who they are, we're going to be hosting a forum along with some students at the University of Virginia this Monday. You can come in person and if you can't make it, we're going to be live streaming it. And also you can view it at any time after that. So it's Monday, April 10th. It's from 630 to 8 p.m. in what's called Minor Hall of the UVA campus in room 125. To learn more, sign up for Charlottesville Tomorrow's free newsletter at seavilletomorrow.org. U.S. Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia just scored an unlikely bipartisan win in Washington, repealing Congress's authorizations for military action in Iraq. The idea is to return war powers from the president back to Congress. WTJU's Nathan Moore spoke with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. He and Mr. Young from an Indiana, who's a Republican, have actually come together. I know Kane was very upset about Iraq and Afghanistan. And, you know, the whole idea has gotten out of control where, you know, you're going to send American troops into combat in undeclared wars. And it used to be, I mean, even World War II, you know, you had to have Congress approval, you know, go to war. A lot of these wars end up killing many Americans 
Where's the authority for that? You know, 20 years ago, I remember there was an awful lot of banging of the war drums and and waving of the flags, and Congress was more than happy to just sort of turn over all of its war-making power to the president, uh, you know, George W. Bush at the time. This bill, what's interesting to me is the coalition built between some of the sort of non-interventionist conservatives and some of the national security-focused centrists and some of the critical of military adventures liberals. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. I mean, the by or multi-partisan nature of this kind of a coalition between a Democrat and a Republican um, is promising. I mean, you know, there's been so much, you know, everything has been so polarized in the last many years that you're finally coming upon a chance to actually get something done. You know, that that's a good sign. And I think Kane is to be commended for what he's trying to do. Spring seems to have officially sprung here in Charlottesville, but the unpredictability of this past winter has made it hard to determine what's in store for the rest of the season. We spoke with Civil Weekly's editor, Richard DiCicco, to find out how the fickle Virginia weather has affected businesses across the county. This week, we really wanted to, with the start of spring, talk about how we've kind of had an early spring here in Charlottesville. A lot of the weather in the winter was really topsy-turvy, kind of a roller coaster of temperatures. We had some really frigid days, and then we'd have, like, I remember we had one day that was 82 degrees in late February. So jumping between those two, you know, we at Seaville were wondering, like, does that affect plants in the area, growers, farmers, vineyards, gardeners? What is that like for them to have this weather be jumping all over the place? Does it affect the crops that you can grow? Does it affect, you know, certain plants and when they grow? And how does it correlate to climate change? So we had Mary Jane Gore write this one, who's written other science-based pieces for us before, to really look at this from an environmental science standpoint, both by speaking to scientists as well as speaking to the people who are in the areas of work that are most affected by this in Charlottesville and Albemarle County. Mary Jane Gore spoke with, first of all, Robert Davis of UVA's Department of Environmental Sciences to sort of talk about how the cold front passages kind of come in and how it can kind of be up and down like that. Also spoke with Michael McConkey, the owner of Edible Landscaping in Afton. She also spoke with Ken Bazilla of Southern Exposure Seed Exchange, as well as uh, Pam Dawling, a farmer at Twin Oaks Community in Louisa. The tone of this story is that a lot of these people are very resilient. You know, they're finding ways to work around it. They're finding ways to adapt to these changes, which are kind of out of their hands in a lot of ways. Thanks to Peter Galaska, Maria Vitale, and Jesse Higgins for joining us this week. Our stories were produced by Katherine Hansen and Britton Graber. You can hear the news live on WTJU 91.1 FM weekdays at 9 and 4, and Arts This Week every Wednesday at noon and 7. I'm Arian Ballou. Our theme song is Kyoja Beat by Morena Lasco and Jay Pun. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts and check out more podcasts at virginiaaudio.org.